damn woman doesn't know how to make up her mind yeah it's her fault all her fault <laughs> no tracy's no. fault no 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 it's linda's no. fault that's not what i'm saying hey everyone welcome to another episode of i finally watched i'm milan this is david and today i finally watched election so this is two episodes in a row that we have done alexander payne comedy movies and i think this is a good like way to compare and contrast like because i feel like you suggesting to do sideways and sideways is totally like a you type of movie um like your type of comedy and then for me to suggest election i'm not saying it's not like your type of comedy it's way more in, in the lane of my type of like what I find funny. Okay. Um, what would you say would be like, as like comedic points would be like the biggest difference between election and, and sideways? Um, I guess election is a little bit darker, the comedy, and there isn't necessarily the funny things aren't things that we, you know, there's not like real joke moments. They're, they're more like situations and kind of darker situations that cause you to laugh. Um, so I think it's less of a comedy. It's still a comedy, but it's less of like a just going for laughs comedy, whereas Sideways has like moments where it's clearly going for laughs um, in like a very like purposeful way. And so I guess that's kind of the main difference I see in the two. Okay, see, this is the perfect example because I see it as exactly the opposite. I see Sideways as having way more like circumstantial comedy and election being like all out comedy. All right, so for example, right? The whole like conflict that the Sideways characters have is that, oh my God, I completely forgot their fucking names. Jack and Miles. Jack and Miles, thank you. Uh, Jack wants to just have sex with random chicks on his like bachelor party and Miles having already kind of learned his lesson from cheating on his wife and then getting a divorce wants to kind of, I don't know, like steer Jack in more of a better direction, but kind of loses control of the trip through, through that way. Um, and I, and then I feel like for election, yeah, it is darker. I do agree with you on that, but like, then you have just characters just like Paul, who's completely there for like, obviously plot purposes, but he's such like a, a quirky character that I feel like he, he was written that way for the laughs. I want to say this about Paul, and this is just as good a time as any, but Paul is Chris Klein plays Paul so dumb that it almost seems like bad acting at points. And I'm not saying it is, but it's so stupid and solid. So like, Oh gee, shucks. Thanks, Tracy. I hope you do good too. That it, it's like, it comes off as like almost bad acting. Um, right. But I, I think like, 
You know, the funny moments are like when right after uh, Tammy's like girlfriend breaks up with her and then it cuts to Paul, like it was really weird when, uh, <laughs> what's her name? Like wanted to come over, like wanted me to drive her home. And then you see her like giving him a BJ. Whereas right. like sideways is like, you know, he's like the, I'm not drinking Merlot, him like, him like them yelling at each other him like oh how did last you know last night go with maya and he's like oh, i knew you wouldn't be able to perform like to me the lines are kind of more purposely going for funny whereas um this one it's almost just like the comedy comes from just like how kind of crazy the story keeps getting uh how like how dark and, yeah yeah and then but there's no oh, yeah i didn't I didn't find this movie didn't make me like laugh out loud. I don't know what Sideways did either. Um, but like, I think I found side, I find Sideways like a little bit funnier to me. Yeah, but that's exactly what I mean. Like, that's way more your type of comedy versus this. And um, yeah, I mean, so let's just kind of start at the beginning because what I found really interesting and unique about this film is that you start off with this like, point of view with the voiceover and everything and I, th- I believe the very first point of view is Matthew Broderick um I believe so what what I think is cool about the narration is that it's done almost like as an interview from after the events of all this has happened right which I think is really cool and kind of unique because there's also- wording I was just gonna say there's wording in the narration that you know some shit has gone down but you don't know what so it's always this like throughout the rest of the movie you're always just like waiting and waiting and waiting right um and what's interesting too is the tone of the narration is done very well because paul tonally doesn't change throughout the movie or the end or whatever paul's just kind of a a straight line of emotion but um you know in the beginning of the movie tracy is kind of is portrayed as sort of like innocent naive somewhat like not goody two shoes but just like you know maybe more i don't know just reserved i guess is the is a way to describe it and throughout the movie you get that that kind of goes away more and more and the narration, though, is always sort of the narration fits more with what Tracy is like towards the end of the movie. Um, and Matthew Broderick, you know, throughout the movie, is kind of dislikes Tracy. The narration doesn't really come off that way. And when you compare it to how he speaks at the end of the movie in the same narration, it's like, oh, you know, this doesn't bother him anymore, except for, you know, one instance. And so he's kind of gotten over it and he's almost in like a better place in life. And so what I like right. is like tonally, the, the narration fits so perfectly with where these people are after the movie. Yeah. Um, and like you mentioned, it was like in an interview, almost like an interview sort of way, but then there is no interview. And I kind of, it's, it's almost, it's uh, breaking the fourth wall in a way. Uh, so speaking of Tracy, we start off with like our characters. You say Paul is a straight line of emotion that never really changes, but I would even like argue that Tracy is kind of like that too. 
in the sort of way that she puts up this facade that she's like this like really driven smart high school girl which she is but then there's this like fakeness of innocence with it and then when you find out about the affair uh with her and the and the teacher for me that kind of breaks the mold on on me thinking about like oh she's she knows what's up she knows what to do what strings to pull to like get things going does that make sense yeah but yeah i mean you could also and this is the way i saw it that 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 changed her you know there's a lot of like unanswered questions surrounding that part and kind of the way it was handled is not the way that that could be handled nowadays i don't even know if you could have something like like this in a movie nowadays but you couldn't present it this way you couldn't present a student you think you could have a 16 year old student saying i wasn't taken advantage of and no no this was totally consensual and like no there was nothing wrong with what he did you think you could have that in a normal movie and people would be like that's fine well okay but the she says that but the point is not that like clearly there are people in the movie that had a problem with that and it wasn't okay and that's my point too is she says all those things but i think obviously this would probably change her personality somewhat um even when even when they show the interactions between her and david uh the teacher that she has an affair with um she's pretty meek in those interactions and he's kind of making all the moves yeah that's true um but then then again but then when she when she talks about it afterwards and she's like well maybe if someone hadn't become a mushy baby you know everything would have been okay that's exactly Um, what i'm talking about yeah and so it's like but that happens afterwards right and then in the end she's you know she's kind of like oh i wonder how he's doing and uh, you know i kind of wish things hadn't have ended like i think i think that had an impact on her whether she knows it or not um and so I think there is some change in her character, but I mean, also like the way her mom is um, and just the way she is, like, I think she would have developed, she might've developed that way regardless. So, so what's interesting about this movie is that let's just talk about the two main characters as far as like Matthew Broderick and um, Reese Witherspoon go. Uh, They break each other. They're like broken people at the end of it. And then, like you said, at the end, they're probably at the very, very end of the movie. They're probably on the mend. But I love the dynamic between high school teacher and high school student, uh, like almost out to ruin each other's lives. Because um, it's, it's like in reality, why would a high school teacher give two shits about what's happening in a, in a student council presidential election? And that, that to me is the circumstance that just like a bunch of comedic stuff can go down. Well, and I think too, you know, talked about the, the narration. Um, when he narrates in the beginning, he's like, oh, I have no problem with Tracy. And like, how could I possibly blame her? You know, Dave's the adult. Dave should have known better. But throughout one, you can tell he does kind of blame her. And he like brings it up at a certain point And you're like, whoa, man, don't. Why did you bring that up? That was stupid. And then two, um, he's also scared that, you know, he said it was Dave's fault, but he's also scared that this is kind of like the way Tracy is and that he's going to be next. Like she's going to try and seduce him next because she's like, oh, I'm really looking forward to working with you on SGA. I think we're going to do really great together. And then he has that sort of like 
not fantasy, but as he's going to sleep, he like hears her voice in his ear and it's getting like more sensual and sensual. When we get to the part, I actually want to elaborate on that um, part because you, you bring up a really good point that is he, does he throw this entire thing in motion with Paul and try to motivate Paul to, to run because he, he knows himself because, because, you know, at, at the end of the movie, he does have an affair with the, with um, Dave's ex-wife, Linda, Linda. And uh, so he has that like urge in him, right? He's obviously not like satisfied in his own marriage, but which I don't know why, because his, his wife's pretty hot. I mean, I think the reason he's, he says in the beginning that they're in a good place, but then towards the middle, um, she seems to just be using him for a baby. And so I think that plays into why he's sort of um, getting like, I don't know, but he also, I think it's, I think it's just, you know, it is probably a little bit of just who he is. And and clearly he's probably, despite what he says, you know, he said, Oh, we are in a happy place. And once again, this is from the narration that happens afterwards. But also in the narration at the end, he's like, you know, my life's better than ever now. And, you know, getting divorced from Linda is probably the best thing that could have happened to me. So, I mean, he just probably, it doesn't seem like he was happy in that marriage. No, and I'm not just saying, don't get me wrong, just because she's attractive wasn't like the label of a happy marriage. I was, it's a joke. But uh, what I was getting at about that part is that he probably, like you said, knew that that like infidelity was, was a part of, of him or that desire to uh, be with someone other than his wife. And uh, knowing the kind of hold that Tracy had on his friend, like looking at it from that point of view, uh, I have a feeling that part of the motivation was to get her, get Paul to run against her and maybe to get Paul to win is so that he doesn't have to like face that part of himself against her um but then it doesn't even matter at the end but we'll get we'll get into that later especially because she has a wop how did you feel about that that scene did you watch it with your wife or did you watch it alone we watched it together Um, oh what what did you guys like react at that moment i don't know that either said anything i was just like holy shit (laughs) because i but when he first said it I was like, oh, he has to be talking about something else. Um, but no, he was talking about a, the affair that he was having with an underage student. So that's um, that's just the, what's what's funny too is uh, Jim Matthew Broderick just talks about how Dave is such a good guy, even though he's sleeping with a student. Right. Um, I think you know Dave thinks he's in love too. Like it's just the way Matthew Broderick even in talking about it after the fact is like not showing very good judgment in the way he describes what Dave was doing to Tracy. Um, and to me, that part all just came off as like creepy. No, a hundred percent. And and I, I think I, I get what you mean now that you couldn't present it in this way where Tracy was not a victim. Like you would have to a hundred percent almost make it satire if you were to present it, if Dave was the victim, um, which is kind of what they do, and yet it's not sat- satire, but to present it in the way where she's she's not the victim, um, that's walking on thin ice. 
walking on thin ice. Correct. Um, I also real quick, because uh, we're past this part already, but when he uh, when he throws the spaghetti out and the janitor sees it, I was like, that's that's going to come up again. What like why is that in there? Um, and that was a real janitor too. That was not an actor. You know what's funny about that is that me rewatching this movie uh, just the other day versus me watching it like I don't know five or six years ago. Uh, no, more than that. It's been like eight, nine years ago. Jesus. Anyways, is that I remember the janitor coming up like a like in another point throughout the movie, and he never does. And I was like, wow, they're they're really relying on the audience to remember that like one throwaway scene to like pivotly change the whole movie at the end i mean he had a memorable face and because of people like you they show the 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 uh chinese food hitting the ground again in a flashback at the same time because they were like oh people weren't going to be able to connect this damn yeah and i was just saying how stupid people how stupid that is that movies do that and now i just fell for that so um learn my lesson so at this point though, Dave gets caught. <laughs> he tell I like the principal. The principal's like, all right, you know, um, her mom's pretty upset. So I'm just gonna come out and ask you, have you crossed the line with this girl? I was like, what do you mean? There's like a love letter where he wants to fly away with her. One of the most underrated characters, I think, is the principal. Because I love the, him. the speech that he gives when uh when Tracy, uh not Tracy, um, what's uh Paul's sister's name? Tammy. Tammy. When Tammy uh, gives her speech or whatever, and then like all the students are like riled up and he has to go and like say something uh, to calm them down. And his speech is just like so out of touch. It doesn't make a bit of sense. But I love Matthew Broderick's little nod of like, you did good. Like, good job. <laughs> Wait, what are you talking about? At the, uh, the um, election, the, the speeches that each candidate had to give Right. Uh, the principal had to go up and like interject, and he was like, "You all show respect." Oh, right, right. right and it was right, just yeah, the no, worst right. speech to give high school students, but he was so proud of himself. I, he's super underrated as a character. Yeah, and apparently he was in Sideways. I do not remember him. Oh, I've seen him in something else though, and I don't know what it is because he was very funny and like I just like recognize him as having been funny in something else, and I don't know what it was oh shit he was he's in parks and rec that's why oh shit he is yeah he's hilarious like funny yeah um yeah the speechy and then he's like he's like playing it cool all the time and then after tammy's speech speech he's like that little bitch has to get out of this Yeah, he is he is underrated probably the most funny part of this movie. Um so, yeah. so yeah. Uh, have you have you crossed the line with this girl? <laughs> yeah, and I love that actor's cry. Like he like the actor who plays Dave, like he's sitting there and he's just like shaking, hyperventilating, but in like the most like micro uh movements, like the tiniest movements, but he's just like riling himself up into this like ugly ugly cry and i was like that's so awesome like that's so good i also like they open the movie and um matthew broderick's talking about how much he loves teaching and he's doing the whole ethics versus morals thing 
And Dave's like, don't talk to me about ethics. He's like, I'm not talking about ethics. I'm talking to you about morals. And he's like, wait a second. W- wait, what's the difference between those? And we never find out? Uh, Tra- yeah, I mean, Tracy was going to try and tell us, but we did not, not find out. One thing that really, I think probably one of the reasons I never watched this movie, besides not knowing who directed it, because I didn't, you know, if, if, if you've done a movie I really liked, I'll watch your other stuff. But my least favorite type of movie is these movies where there's like a character we're rooting for and there's this bad character and, but no one thinks that person's bad. I think the thing that made me realize this is there's this like Zach Braff movie where he's the main character and you have Jason Bateman, I think it is, who's like in a wheelchair. Yeah. And Zach Braff is the only one who knows that he's not actually handicapped but no one will believe him and he can't figure out a way to prove it. And I just, I like Zach, I like Zach Braff's other movies. And I was like, I can't bring myself to watch that movie. Cause it's just the idea of that, like protagonist continually not, not being able to prove to everyone else that he's not the bad guy. And that's what I thought this was going to be was like Matthew Broderick is continually trying to show what a horrible person she is, but that's not really what it is. I mean, throughout the movie, he, never really does anything to actually like hurt her chances. He like gets that other guy to run, but it, after, after he gets Paul to run, he doesn't do really anything else until the very end. That's true. That's true. And you know, honestly, I think you should watch just friends, but if you are very much against that type of movie that you just described, then yeah, maybe you wouldn't like Just Friends because it's very much that movie. Um, That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, which fun fact, the guy who plays the guy that is really bad but only the main character knows he's really bad is Chris Klein's character. Oh. And uh, Chris Klein in this movie, in Election, um, I, I, that's the character to really like root for is Paul. Because genuinely, he, he has not, like, no dark secrets. He's this uh, super nice, oblivious dude who, like, at the end of this movie, you just want him to be okay. At least the, I did. He's the only good character in the movie. I also really like Tammy. She's sister. not a good person. Well, just because she's a lesbian, David, doesn't mean she's not a good person. That has nothing to do with why she's not a good person. But she's not a good person. <laughs> um, Anyway, so we get to the point where Matthew Broderick gets Paul to run against Tracy because of reasons that he's probably like doesn't want to spend time with her, he's worried about his own infidelity or whatever it is. Um, or it could just be to get back at her for her getting his best friend fired from the school because um, that's what we are kind of like supposed to believe. But then I guess you could say antics ensue. Yeah, well, and I have a couple things uh, first. One, uh, did you you remember the line about uh, Coke and how it's always number one, and but they still advertise so much? And the next shot, you see him walking with, in with a Pepsi? Well, he, he first of all throws out a Pepsi, like in the very next scene when he throws out her notepad. Yeah. After looking at all the signatures, which, by the way, I was like, oh, something's going to come of that notepad. Nope, nothing. It's, I guess it's just there to show, like, oh, he doesn't... I don't know, because he really cares about his job, but I guess he just... 
I don't know. Well, well, how I how I see about that, you're talking about the notepad with the the signatures, right? She he hasn't come up with the fact that he wants someone else to run against her, so he he knows that she's running unopposed, and she he knows she's gonna win. So it's like why, like why bother? He's got other important stuff going on. I I well, it does it it is like yeah, who gives a shit? Like she's making me keep this, but who cares? Um, but it is a little bit against his type as far as like how much he seems to care about this school, like all the other stuff he does. Um, but yeah, he's drinking a Pepsi then he's drinking a Pepsi later while, while watching porn at night. Also, um, I'm not going to judge you, David, but who watches porn like that? No, I had the same thought. (laughs) There should be a very specific purpose for what you're doing down there, but drinking a Pepsi while just watching it, like it's a movie, like, (laughs) I I didn't I don't fully understand it, um, but it inspires him, doesn't it? I yeah, because the football player banging the cheerleader um, gives him the idea of of Paul, which is just weird. How like you're watching pornography and then you're thinking about one of your students. He's like, if that cheerleader will bang that quarterback, then clearly everyone's going to vote for you know our quarterback. <laughs> um, I do think it's funny that like the fruit bowl metaphor he gives to Paul. And then when Paul gets home, all four of those same fruits they mentioned are in the bowl of fruit at Paul's house. And he chooses like his least favorite one. Banana. I can't remember. No, he did. So, so he goes, (laughs) he goes, what's your favorite fruit? He's like oranges or apples, definitely apples. And then he's trying to explain the metaphor using apples and then totally not understanding the metaphor. He switches to oranges and then at the very, very end, he's like, I like bananas, too. And then when he goes home, he gets the banana. Like, obviously, <laughs> it's some sort of disconnect. Yeah. And this obviously, you know, pisses Tracy off. And she's like, who put you up to this? I do think it's funny, too, as he's driving home, because Paul is such an idiot. He's like, Paul, power, Paul, president, Paul, president, peanut. And it's funny, too, is because this is George Washington Carver High School. It, yes. But otherwise, like, it makes no sense why he's saying peanut. Um, I thought it was really funny. But this brings me to a very crucial part of this movie, which I'm not sure that you picked up on. But at some point, there's a character helping Tracy with one of her signs. And she's like, hey, you put the tape on the outside of the poster. You're going to have to do the whole thing. Over. Do you know who that kid was? No. He was one of the kids who did the counting for president. It was the kid who gave her the thumbs up. Yes. Yes. That whole count. It's meaningless now. Like, how could you let that kid be a part of it and help put up signs for Tracy? That's true. he He wasn't even the issue. It was the weird kid who was obsessed with the count. That was the issue. Larry. And so, yeah, maybe. But maybe... Both Maybe there were some some votes missing from uh from before that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Larry, Larry seemed like a pretty straight shooter. I mean, he did count 805 votes and 803 on the second time were accounted for. So 803 and then 801. But you were close. Nah. I'm just saying you can't let that kid be involved and then to give the thumbs up. Um, so what I really like about this whole script throughout is you have these like little teases of like what's to come. Um, for example, the, the spaghetti spilling on the floor and the janitor, but then the tape being on the inside versus the outside comes up later. 
so does like other things but then other things that you think are supposed to come up later never come up later like for you gave the example of the notebook and that was like a throwaway gag that could have led to something but doesn't my favorite one and it was mostly because taylor was watching this with me and she came up with it and i was like you're so far off base babe but that's fine was the fact that when Tammy sits in the field and watches the power plant, she's like, it's a, one of the most peaceful places. She's like, yeah. she hears the rumor that if you lay between, between two of the power plant towers, you will just evaporate like a gas. And that's technically used to like metaphorically explain her love for uh, her lesbian girlfriend um, or her, her bisexual girlfriend. Uh, she was just experimenting according to her. Mm. okay the the example that if you lay between the wires and you turn into a gas um people could get uh, get uh understand that incorrectly and just think that there's this moment in the movie in the future that someone gets fucking evaporated into a gas and they don't well when uh matthew broderick pees on the tree in front of linda's house i was like he's gonna get caught or something and have to like drive mm -hmm. off it's like, no, he just pees nope. in the front of her house and nothing happens. Like when you meet Tammy and then you rewatch the movie, you realize that Tammy is only in this movie. I guess it's sort of a side story, but it's also for her to take the fall for the posters. Otherwise, right. like there's no real need for her in this. Well, also, I just like her in it. I mean, she so, you know, you start with Matthew Broderick's narration and then you quick cut to like Tracy's narration. Um Reese Witherspoon's narration and her point of view of the situation. And then Paul's narration and his point of view of the situation. And then just when you think you're like, okay, these are the three main characters, Tammy comes in with her narration and her point of view. Um, and I just kind of like that build. Cause at that point, the film is basically split like four ways. And then as the film starts to end, you tie off these loose ends and get more like a, like a, tighter like arc to the end of the movie i like her too i think she adds definitely a good element to the movie i don't um, see her i don't see her as a bad person how do you see her as a bad person i mean she keeps doing things and eventually gets expelled and has to get sent to another school or was close to getting it's, i think i don't know if she actually got expelled for the poster thing um and that's one thing too is like the the painting of her as a bad person is somewhat subtle and then all of a sudden, when you have the parents at the end, like, this is it, that's your final, you know, you're now getting sent to this other school, which we're going to talk about that for another purpose when we get to it. Um, but I mean, she just, she, I think she probably is constantly getting suspended. You know, the three day suspension she got for her speech. Um, I don't know if you get that if you're just like a normal person who's not always doing bad stuff, but I think there's just, there's like subtle hints that she's like constantly getting in trouble. I think she got in that um, suspended that time was because she basically dismantled the entirety of student democracy in one speech, which honestly is kind of badass. She didn't dismantle it. She made a speech and everyone was like, yeah, we don't like, we don't like sitting in these assemblies. She didn't dismantle it. Dismantled. Okay. Do you think that her ex-girlfriend started dating Paul 
to get back at her or yes. what, what was going on in her mind there? It doesn't really make sense to me. hundred percent. Yes. It's kind of fucked up. Yeah, it is. Um, she's probably the worst character in the movie. She is. She's a bad person. Yeah. She kind of has an annoying face. I don't know why you have to keep doing this. First you attack Paul Giamatti. Then you objectify Sandra Oh, and now you're just like, oh, this 16-year-old girl has a bad face. First of all, I doubt she was 16. Um, second of all, oh, I, then I need to talk to you about something else. But second of all, I'm not saying the actress has an annoying face, but I'm saying the faces that she makes as this annoying character like irks me even more, if that makes sense. Yeah, good save. <laughs> and, and about Reese Witherspoon being 16, um, Reese Witherspoon has to be way shorter than I ever thought she was because there's like actual actors who look like actual high school students that are like way taller than her. And so I looked it up and Reese Witherspoon's like 5'1". That's short. Yeah, but then I think like even to make her shorter, some of the actors had to stand on like apple boxes to like really get the feeling that she's that short. Okay. They made a point to make it feel like she was like 16, David. And she was 22. It's 5'1". It wasn't like that hard to convince me. Like she looks very young in this movie. I still prefer her in her legally blonde moment, but it's fine. It's fine. Um, what I thought was interesting is, you know, we get the fact that Matthew Broderick is attracted to Linda, um, because he comes out and says it and he stares at her ass. But the fact, like at the end of the montage where we figure this out, he's just like, says to her, like, so want to get a room? And yeah. it's just like, I thought he was going to try and play it off, but he's just like, no, I, I said what I said. And she's like, oh, I didn't find that funny. Like she let him she let him off the hook by pretending it was a joke. That was an emotional roller coaster for me watching this. I couldn't even imagine what the character's going through. I'm not sure. I mean, she's dealt with a lot. Her, her former husband. And... No, 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 not her. Matthew Roderick's character. I don't care what he was going through. What do you mean? He put that out there hoping it would work out. And it does, but after being denied and then accepted and then denied in the most horrific way anyone could be denied. Yeah, I know that's way ahead in the movie, though, so I didn't know you were talking about that. No, I'm just saying, like, damn, woman doesn't know how to make up her mind. Yeah, it's her fault. All her fault. <laughs> no, Tracy's no. fault. No, 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 no. Linda's fault. That's not what I'm saying. I'm oh. saying that's the way the movie wants us to think. It's Lisa Flanagan's fault. Oh, so you're putting all your your male feelings on Alexander Payne is what you're doing now. Who's Lisa Flanagan? She's the girl whose face you didn't like. No, 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 no. Moving on. The only um, one you do like is the lesbian. And Paul. Well, Paul's an idiot and not a woman. Uh, we're talking about women. Um, next, we get to the speeches. I was curious. Do you think the school knows that she's a lesbian? 
because they're like kind of jeering her and talking under the breath and laughing like the student body. Um, but I couldn't really tell if that was like an open thing. Maybe I don't. I Lisa Lisa wouldn't seem to be the one to go around telling people that she knows. So no, I didn't feel like that. I felt like she was like younger. Like remember, like usually sophomores aren't allowed to be in this election. So I. I I assume that if sophomores wouldn't be allowed, then sophomores wouldn't be allowed to, sorry, if sophomores wouldn't be allowed to run, then they wouldn't be allowed to vote. So she was probably the youngest person in that room. And also maybe she was just like a brace faced loser, like in general. So the whole, the whole high school was allowed to vote. That doesn't make any sense. So you're saying freshmen and sophomores are allowed to vote, but not allowed to run. That's really misrepresentation right there. She's a sophomore. That I know they're not allowed to run. She, clearly, she was allowed to run because she ran. No, but that was one of the rules, and she—that was one of the rules that she broke. She didn't break a rule. She was allowed to run. Clearly, she didn't break a rule because she was allowed to run. I don't know. That seemed kind of. This isn't no, Harry she, Potter she was, and the Goblet she was, of Fire. <laughs> she was only allowed to run because she got the right number of votes. She got the right number of people to sign. But they said in the movie that if she, if usually sophomores can't run but he doesn't he wanted to stack the odds against tracy so he was like fine you got the right kind of votes let's just go with you there's nowhere in the movie does it say sophomores are not usually allowed to run what i think they allude to is the fact that sophomores usually don't run i think tracy says something like she's a sophomore and and that's because you know given the hierarchy of high school they usually don't run and they usually don't have a chance of winning towards the end um but they are allowed to run. They are a part of the high school. Sophomores run so that juniors and seniors can f- fly. I think you're supposed to start with walk. Yeah, I was. <laughs> and then I had to think very quickly of an escalation of running. Um, so uh, I yeah. do like, to, I like too that she's like, you know, the only people who benefit are the people who are going to college because they put this on the resume. Well, I'm not going to college, so you might as well just fucking give it to me. Or don't! Yeah. Um, and then the principal, you know, we talked about his part, which is very funny. Um, next, I want to talk about a thing we talked about before. Okay, but hold on. If we're moving on away from that scene, I do want to say that Paul, as a character, his speech was actually amazing. His delivery and the way Chris Klein and Alexander Payne decided for him to deliver that was beautifully horrific. And I think we've all been there at one part of our lives. If not us, we know someone who has given public speaking in, a, in that exact sort of way. Um, but if you were to actually like listen to his speech and listen to what he said, it's actually like a really awesome, like uplifting, motivational presidential speech. But the delivery was just beautifully awkward. Well, Lisa probably wrote it. That's true, too. Yes. Um, so what part do you want to talk about now? So the next part I want to talk about is you have Tammy, after she gets suspended for three days, watching the local all-girls school play soccer. And she, like, smiles at them, obviously, because she's looking, you know, likes looking at them. And... It got me to thinking because the poster scene comes after this. It doesn't really make sense to me why she took the fall for the posters. Okay, so 
Although I understand your disconnect, my understanding of the reason she took her the fall for the posters is because her plan was to get not just suspended, but she wanted to do something or seem like she did something worth getting expelled, knowing that maybe the next like escalation of her parents, like a, a punishment from her parents would be to be sent to like an all girls Catholic school where she wanted to go in the first place. I think in order to make that more clear, cause I just think this part is kind of sloppily done in the movie, but I think if you had, first of all, I don't think we even meet the parents until they tell her she's going to that school. We don't. I think if you have a small scene before that, just like, Something along the line, I don't know, something setting up that as a possibility, as subtle as it may be, I just think it would have been better. Because there's no, like, there's nothing in there that's like, oh, you know, I mean, first of all, it is established that her parents have money because they throw parties for Paul all the time. They bought him a truck when he was 16. So you do at least know that they have money. Um, And I guess you could say in her head she thought this plan might work but there's nothing we've been told that would make us know that this plan would work so i guess she just got lucky the other thing which i have an argument against myself anyway but the other thing is she just gives up very quickly on this whole winning president thing just to fuck with you know her brother paul and lisa um but she's a stupid sophomore so maybe she just you know, got bored and decided to move on to the next thing, which is actually probably pretty healthy because instead of, you know, going after Lisa and getting her vengeance, she's like, let me just find a new girl to, you know, to fall in love with. So that part's smart. But I think if they had had just some small scene in the beginning that is like the parents saying, next time we're going to send you to boarding school. I, I guess the problem with that is then, you know, she would have been like, earlier she would have tried to get sent there but i something. i don't know i think i think you're missing the art of nuance i feel like there is that scene where she outrightly is like okay all her plans are laid out in front of us i don't think it's as like what scene no i'm saying if there was a scene where all her plans about getting expelled and moving to the catholic school um if it was all laid out in front of us i don't think it would be as like well delivered i feel like that would be clunky because then again tammy's not one of the main characters her whole story is not even like a b story but more it's like a c story and i i feel like just the fact that we're getting like okay like that b, was her, it's like a it's like a b plus story the whole point i'm trying to make david is that i made the connection i didn't feel like i was really missing anything but i think what you are having the problem with is that they spend so much time on that like amateur short film they made about her and her new like girlfriend from the Catholic school. Jennifer. Jennifer. And uh, I think you wanted to maybe get rid of that and then put in that scene where she gets threatened somewhere in the middle of the movie about being sent off to boarding school. The Jennifer thing's at the, like, the end of the movie, so no. And then there's nothing I'm missing. My point is, is I think it, it's not laid out well. 
it's clunky, but I don't think it's important. I think it, the way it's laid out now just seems like it's luck that she got sent there. Okay. There's nothing, there's nothing in there in her thinking that would make us think, oh, this is what she planned. You know, it just seems like almost fortuitous. So one thing I noticed is that in the movie, um, that whole fight between ethics and morals um, is like a reoccurring theme throughout the whole film. But then I don't know if you notice this, but there's like a second reoccurring theme throughout the whole film and it's destiny. And it's like, things are going to happen and you can either, Tracy Flick says it herself, right? You can either accept them or go against them. They're going to happen anyway. And then people are going to get hurt. And I feel like with the election and like other things, I feel like destiny plays a really big part of this. Like, okay, if Paul voted for himself, instead of Tracy, he would have won the election and Matthew Broderick would have never had to tear up the votes, right? That's correct. But then he didn't, he voted for her, so she wins. And Matthew Broderick feels like he has to tear up the votes. He gets caught tearing up the votes and she wins anyways. So that's where the whole like destiny thing plays out. And I'm just chalking up Tammy's being sent to boarding school as an act of God. And that is how, I mean, how could I even possibly argue with that? So <laughs> exactly. let's move on. Um, exactly. Tracy tears down the posters, right? Yeah, all, she... all because that um, the back tape thing doesn't work. Why does she feel the need to hide them? Why, how does that help her case at all, hiding them? Is she afraid of like fingerprint analysis being done on the posters? You know what? I never even fucking thought of that. But now that you mention it, it's like, why didn't she just leave it all there? Just run. <laughs> like, and then she, I did think like, so this is another thing that never pays off. I thought she was going to frame Tammy because she hides them at the cement factory that her dad owns. Oh, I didn't even like put that together. I thought. So that whole scene where she runs out of the school with like all the posters in like a garbage bag and she like looks both ways before stuffing it in the back of her truck. I, uh, I loved how beautifully that was shot because it was like she was trying to, oh, and she had all those paper cuts on her hands. So it's like her hands were bloodied with like the guilt. Well, and, it wasn't, I think it was marker. I don't know that it was blood. Oh, I thought it was paper cuts because she kept tearing up the paper. <laughs> I don't no, that would hurt. That would hurt so much. I know, but I thought that was the price she had to pay. No, so I'm pretty sure. Look again. I'm pretty sure it's it's paper cuts. It's not blood. But the <laughs> the point the point I'm Just trying hundreds to... of paper cuts. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. I thought it was beautifully done. Um, no, so the whole point was that she, the whole thing about her trying to hide the posters was shot in a way that if someone was trying to hide like a body like a murder and then she ends up dumping it in the dump in the dumpster i thought that was just so funny um well yeah it's as if someone really innocent like murdered someone accidentally and like is just freaking out about it yeah. i mean it, it obviously just leads to tammy being able to find it but the, I, I was like otherwise it's just kind of bad luck or not bad luck just like kind of bad writing that you would hide it next to Tammy, but then it not leading. I mean, she does eventually try and accuse Tammy a little bit when, uh, yeah, you know, in the next scene where um, uh, Matthew Broderick accuses Tracy, right? But it's not really her first, you know, go to. Yeah, yeah. 
Also, um, did you notice that the driving scenes, first with Tracy driving and then with Matthew Broderick driving, are both like green screen driving, like that you would see in like a TV show from the nineties? A hundred percent. I was like, that's <laughs> ran out of money there, huh? Um, there's so many parts of the movie that kind of go off the rails, like even for like a second, that I feel like trying to catch up with all of it, it's like doesn't even make sense, right? But, um, all right, so for example, what I mean by that is the editing choices they had, because every time Tracy sees someone who's like her enemy, it's this like Tarantino close-up zoom, and it's like, Well, that's from Kill Bill 2. No, I know, but it's it's not exactly the same soundbite, but it's like... No, it is. It is? Yeah. It's not exactly the same. Well, I know I read that it is. I it mean, is? Yeah, from yeah, from the second Kill Bill, which I think these came out the same. No, 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 sorry. I'm an idiot. This came out first. Yeah, this so, came out first. Um, I was getting confused because 04 was sideways. But no, so anyways, I mean, what did you think about those like small editing choices to be like really like nuanced? I like when, obviously this is his second movie, but I like when kind of newish directors like just try new weird things like the uh the freeze frames on tracy's faces or you know or other things like that when people are speaking it's kind of like almost like saved by the bell like um but no i i liked all those i just think they make the movie more unique you know i agree i agree um so really quick we get the linda seduces uh gym scene but we're we're gonna talk about that whole aspect a little more um, in a second, but when he accuses Tracy of the posters, I think is a pretty of uh, uh, Matthew Broderick accuses Tracy of tearing down the posters. I think it's kind of one of the more pivotal scenes, and I brought up a part of it earlier. Um, him bringing up like, "Hey, no one found out about you and Dave, and that could fuck up your it." Like, it's almost like a threat. And I was like, "Why are you doing that? Like, what right. is the what is the point of that?" Right. Um, and like you get in the end when he established like, oh, you know, she lied and cheated and was able to win the election. Um, but really if you hadn't done anything, she would have just won the election because no one else was going to run against her. So, I mean, you a little bit caused that, um, but bringing up like, Hey, my friend that was inappropriate with you, I could tell people about that. And it's like, all right, that's not cool. Yeah, it's not only not cool, but incredibly, like, stupid. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then she brings up her uh, her mother, who is a secretary paralegal, who has won very many, like, successful cases. No, that's not even the part that I, I like, my jaw dropped. The the part where my jaw dropped, where we, where she throws it back at him saying... He's a he's a like a loser high school teacher that can't even get his wife pregnant. And how then does know, how does she know about that? So that was my inclination. I was like, how does she know about that? But remember who she was banging. His best friend. Of course he must have confided in her. Fucking Dave, man. Fucking Dave. Well, the timing of that is a little interesting because like I guess. The, the timing of this whole movie isn't isn't portrayed very well. No. Um, 
what I gathered is this is like you're running for president for the next year. And so starting in December, that's when Chris Klein hurt his leg. And then the whole spring semester, you're running for president to be president the, the following year. Um, but when Dave gets fired and how all of that works was a, a little bit confusing. But I think that is probably the only explanation that Dave told her, which fucking Dave, man. Yeah, Dave's kind of a, a bad friend. Yeah, that's, that's, his, that's the quality you first bring up when you talk about Dave. Bad <laughs> friend. Not statutory rapist, but bad friend. Uh, I do also like that he tells Tracy, like, you're just going to step on people to get whatever you want. And it's like, yep. And that's, and that, you know, that's also destiny too. It's like that nothing stops that. Yeah. Um, no, but that's kind of exactly what I mean. Right. Is that this whole movie is the, you would even say like the first half of the movie is the main point is um, morals versus ethics. And then the last half of the movie is, can you actually stop destiny? Um, and that, that, okay. So I think we, we skipped over something kind of back, back up for a second, but he makes plans with um, what's her name? Linda, right? Yeah. We are about to get to it. Oh, okay. We are. So can the, we get to the, it now? The only thing I wanted to say before, which I think was funny is we already talked about Tammy taking the fall. But after Tammy takes the fall and Tracy like, oh, oh, okay. Well, you're going you're gonna to pay for my posters. And I just love Matthew Broderick. Like, all right, Tracy, quit while you're ahead. Like, <laughs> you've clearly just gotten away with this. And it's funny too, just really quickly, like Matthew Broderick knows she did it. But does he know she did it because of like his just kind of distaste for Tracy because of like the whole Dave situation? Or is he just in like he just actually knows like he's figured this out you know what i mean i i felt like he figured it out i felt like he he realized her motivation and was like this is actually she didn't really have any motivation she just got pissed one day (laughs) like she just had a bad day yeah that's true too so the affair this whole day is pretty funny because he just had sex with linda and then linda's like hey or did they have sex or did they just fool around a little bit? No, they had, they had sex in front of her child. Yes. You were already like either upstairs or in another room and you decide to move to the room with the child. Well, someone's got to keep an eye on the baby. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, and then she's just, like... You can't just leave him in the living room alone, David. She's like, hey, take me to that hotel you talked about earlier. And I didn't catch this until the second watch, but when he goes to like make the reservation at the hotel... It's called the American Family Inn, <laughs> which I think is really great and clearly not the name of what the, you know, not like a sleazy motel you bring your affair right. to. Um, did you also notice that when he gets kicked out of his house, he goes back to that same motel and the clerk recognizes him and asks him if he just wants the same room. And in like this most like look of defeat, he's like, yeah, sure. It wasn't even a feed. It was like the way he does it is a very interesting line where he's like, yeah, like, like almost like just giving in like, okay. Yeah. Like what, why, why fight destiny? There yeah. you go. There we go. Um, um, what did you think about her taxi back seas? Well, she's a person with agency and she's allowed to make whatever choices she wants. 
I will say you're playing this real safe this episode, David. Well, that was clearly me just being fucking funny. But I I think that's fine that you want to that you feel bad about what happened. But one to eventually tell him like, well, you seduced me. First of all, we all saw it. Fuck that. That's not what happened. He made a move early on just by asking you. You said no. And then you seduced him in the house. And then when he brings that up to her, she hangs up. But that's if you don't want to have an affair with him, that is you're right. But to just go to his wife instead of talking about it with him first and not, you know, she doesn't answer his calls. Like, I don't know. Yeah, she's in the wrong to me. Did you, and um, I really enjoyed how that whole thing was introduced. Um, so he finally comes home and he goes and grabs a beer from the fridge. And the first thing he hears and the audience hears is uh, Davy, the baby, um, her child, Linda's child, crying in the next room. And he like pokes his head in there, sees them all like bawling on the couch. And he's like, uh, okay, I get it. And just leaves. Yeah, I mean, he, he, uh, he kind of he knows when he's beat very early on and he like doesn't try the same thing happens when uh he pokes his head into the principal's office and sees him holding the two ballots and he just immediately was like all right well i guess i've lost uh i've lost this one too so every every time i see that scene where he walks into the principal's office and they've caught him like tracy's mom is there she's crying tracy's crying the the larry the kid who likes the counting he's in there and the janitor's in there and they're all looking and it cuts back and forth, back and forth. I always, and it never fails me. I always think that the next scene is Matthew Broderick like booking it out of like the school. <laughs> I mean, that would have been funny, but that is not what happened. Um, I think the B part's pretty funny, but right after that. Oh leaves, my God, the B part, I totally forgot. He leaves the voicemail for Linda and that is another example where I'm like, oh my God, you're going to get caught because of this voicemail. She's like talking to your wife, your wife went over there and that's how you're going to get caught. No, just a voicemail where he sounds really sad. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. And then, so he sleeps in front of her house all night, which was weird. We already talked about the peeing. Um, he gets to school and no, he- Wait, uh, hold on. I think we have to talk about the bee sting. Okay. Because just so no one gets lost, before he spends the night at the house and he, he figures that out, he goes and tries to like, he's convinced that she's still at home. He goes around back, breaks into her backyard and tries to see if she he can get her attention from there. And I love the like, the hint that there's bees in the backyard because it's the shot of this like fruit tree. I guess it's like an apple tree. And it's like covered in bees. And then, of course, just he gets stung right on the eye, has like this severe allergic reaction. And now he's like, it's obviously like um, symbolic, right? It's like he's done all this like ugly, nasty shit. And now it's like showing up on his like outer persona. I just thought they wanted a funny scene of his eye being messed up for the end of the movie. That too. Um, he gets to school the next day. He eats the cupcake very weird. 
Yes. Just takes a bite out of the top of it, like just like it's an apple. Um, and then it's funny when he's like showering and going through his routine, how he's like bitching about all the students. You know, this is like a job he loved. And now it's like, it's how much it's getting to him. He keeps calling Linda and so much like um, swingers and <laughs> sideways. sideways. Just, just please stop. Like, stop leaving these sad voicemails. Um, and then obviously she answers the one time, you know, we talked about that. And it's just like, she's, she's kind of an asshole, Linda is, in this movie. Um, really should have given him the, you know, should have told him first. Should have given him, you know, maybe the opportunity to uh, tell his wife on his own. I don't know. It's just like to go from seducing him in the morning to fucking up his life, you know, within eight hours. It's kind of, kind of much, kind of too much. Bitch move. Bitch move. Okay. Um, As soon as Paul votes for Tracy, you know exactly that the vote is going to turn out. He's lost by one vote. Of course. I, I don't, I think that part kind of reveals that that's going to happen. I almost think like watching it 21 years after the fact, 22 years after the fact, maybe if that was made today, you remove that part and just have it be a really close tally. Um, but I think that part kind of gives it away. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's so like laid out there, but um, I figured it out. I'm an idiot. That's true. Um, next, we get to the vote fixing. First of all, I love like he's like about to walk away, and Larry's like, "Well, you have the key," and they're like, "And what happened to your eye?" And he's like, "I get stung by a bee. What the fuck's wrong with you?" And just like breaks open the vote case because he's like, "I don't have time to deal with this right now." Right. Um, he sees, you know, all this time he's never really done anything actually wrong to Tracy. You know, he got Paul to run, but he never like cheated or did anything in Paul's favor. And then he just sees her smug ass face because she knows that she has won. And he's like, I cannot let Tracy win this. And just like if Paul had voted for himself, if he had just taken the pieces of paper and stuck them in his pocket, (laughs) yeah, he would still be a teacher at Carver high school. But instead, he throws them in a trash can that was very, very empty. (laughs) Unreasonably empty for a trash can. Okay, yes, 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 and yes. But here's my question. Number one, if he didn't get caught and he still remained a teacher, would he have been happy? Probably not. Because at that point, I think the job for him is now a job. He doesn't enjoy it as much as he used to. Um, I think Tracy really made that a reality for him is that he's kind of stuck at this like, you know, dead end job. Um, The second thing I want to bring up about that scene is that, did you see what the students were doing as he was counting the votes? No, they were reading something I thought. The newspaper. They were both like reading newspapers, like old men from like 1960. I thought that was funny. And then I thought, well, I guess back then you didn't have like a cell phone. So I was like, but a newspaper is such an odd choice. It's also, but it's the middle of the semester. Like they could have been doing homework. They could have, but they weren't. 
it was very specifically they they were both reading like full spread newspapers no i get it i believe you yeah it was um, weird 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 let's talk about larry larry is way too invested in this vote oh larry um, yeah larry's kind of a weird his character his character doesn't really make sense um to be that invested it's odd it's really odd the way he once he finds out he's been vindicated and spits on uh matthew broderick's car um this matters way too much to him and he really needs to find other outlets for his time and energy it's unhealthy so moving on past larry's character um i love it when he's caught right matthew Broderick's caught and he he's like flying high at this point he thinks he's gotten away with it he's feeling pretty good and then he gets I called say, I, w- I would not say that but okay he's not feeling that great but he's better anyway he gets called into the principal's office and then exactly the people that he does not want to be there are there it's a murderer's row of all the people who can fuck up his life um did you think during Paul's speech, uh, Paul accepting the presidency, it seemed like Matthew Broderick regretted what he did, um, what he did almost immediately. Uh, one, during the speech, but then two, when Paul comes to him at the restaurant and is coming up with all these ideas, he's like, holy fuck, maybe it would have been better with Tracy. At least, like, they would have been good ideas. <laughs> he might have it's like i can't fuck paul but uh, well, maybe <laughs> exactly. Paul's so nice that he may even though he's not gay he may have fucked him i'm not even gonna get i'm not even gonna get into tammy's girlfriend here but um yeah uh i don't know i didn't really get a sense of regret i felt like he was like really super defeated at that point um and he was just like you know whatever but I do love the enthusiasm of Paul's parents at the restaurant, how it's just them three at the restaurant and Tammy is like nowhere to be seen, which makes sense because she's already at the boarding school. But I just love how like, I don't know, like how happy his parents look without her. Does that make sense? At the end of the movie, it seemed like anyone could have gotten into Tammy's girlfriend. Who? Oh yeah. She left Paul for another guy on the team. Yeah. Anyway, um, no, I thought I thought that was really funny. They're all, you know, all so excited about Paul winning something that really doesn't matter. Um, but what I thought was interesting too is so it's like Matthew Broderick is still like having a horrible time even after he cheated, and then he goes to his wife, and his wife won't even speak to him, just shuts the door in his face. But at this point, he's sort of accepted all that, and he's like, "All right, well, I have my job." Um, I'm going to move on. This is probably the best thing for me to just, Diane and I will divorce. Um, you know, I have a new lease on life. And then he gets called in the principal's office. And so it's like, he's at this point where he's accepted the bad stuff happening in his life that he caused. But then, no, you got to also accept the, you know, you've been caught out. You've been caught doing the other thing you did wrong. And now your life is going to get just a little bit worse right now. Or better. It does get better. And that's one thing I want to bring up is like everything works out for Matthew Broderick in this movie. Like, yeah, he's got a, like a small apartment in New York City, but it, he's, he seems to have like a little bit of a better job. He's like happier. Like he's got a new, a new life going. Like things worked out for him. Yeah. And things worked out for Tracy. 
Two, also real quick though, before we move on, why was Larry in the principal's office with the vote thing? Why did Larry get to get join in with this? Because it's just one extra fucking person, David. Just <laughs> the nail in the coffin. Larry is the key to, to it all. Um, yeah. Um, uh, but as you were saying, everything works out for Tracy too. I do think it was a little weird having her say like, I still think about Dave and wonder how, you know, if things could have worked out, da 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 um, I don't really think you needed that in there. And I don't think nowadays you could put that in there uh, like we've talked about. Um, but I think the ending does establish like, you know, she talks about how no one signed her yearbook, um, but she's just gotten worse and worse throughout the years. It seems like, like she's just like still on this trajectory of just being kind of an unreasonable person that you just don't want to be around. Like, She's not, she doesn't have zero friends because she's smart. She has zero friends because of her bad personality. I was just going to throw you the quote. Um, the, the path um, of geniuses is a lonely one. That's true. Yes. Um, I also like the line of like, Matthew Broderick, I've been cast out of society. Where could I possibly go? And then just, oh, New York City. And it's not just New York City, right? It's like quick cuts of New York with like the fanfare and the music and everything like that. Like it's like the greatest fucking place on earth. And um, and it's funny too, because it's like he's 40 years old. He lives in a shitty one like studio apartment that costs him like 1500 a month. And, you know, but it's like he can't be happier, which is like good for him. I guess that's what he always wanted. Um, and then he sees, no, why was he in, why was he in DC? Oh, cause for it was conference. some, for a conference, right? So he goes to a museum conference, sees Tracy get into like a, a politician's limo from across the street. And um, like he sees fire at that point. And was he holding a Coke or a Pepsi, David? Oh, it was a Pepsi. It was a Pepsi. <laughs> Yeah. So it's interesting about this since we're at the end. Um, this was not the original ending of the movie. Uh, Ashley brought this up. The original ending of the movie is on YouTube. And Matthew Broderick is working at a local car dealership. And so at the point where Tracy's talking and she's like, no one signed my yearbook. She says, well, there's still one thing I need to do before I leave. And she goes to the car dealership and asks to speak to Matthew Broderick about buying a new car. And they have this whole thing. And Matthew Broderick's like, why are you here? And she's like, oh, I really want to buy a car, but I want to talk to you. And then she's like, hey, if you hadn't been caught, would you have gone the whole year with Paul as president? And he was like, I don't know what I would have done. And he's like, you know, I was just going through a lot and I made a mistake and I wish I could have undone it immediately. And then they go on a test drive and they go to her house and she runs in the house and comes back outside and hands and her house is kind of shitty too, which you don't really, I guess makes sense because they allude to, you know, she's got a single parent, she's a paralegal um, and she has to ride the bus to and from school. But anyway, she brings out her yearbook and has him sign it as the only person to sign it. And so there's this reconciliation. And when it was described to me, I was like, I kind of like that ending a little better. Um, the whole thing I, is on YouTube? Yeah, it's like a six-minute clip. And then I watched the clip, and I was like, that's awful. That, it was really awful. <laughs> like, really bad. I mean, the way, way you're describing it to me right now sounds really bad. 
Well, just the idea of like her going to him and like having him sign the yearbook and then reconciling. I was like, oh, okay, I like that. Um, because the ending, the ending we get, I mean, it's funny. And it's like Matthew Broderick hasn't changed at all too. Cause you also have, he's asks a question to this group of like six or seven year olds. And there's this one girl who raises her hand and he's like trying to ask anybody else the same way he did to Tracy. And it's like, okay, you have not learned. Um, but I think the, the other ending just kind of makes sense where it shows a little bit of like humanity in both these characters. Whereas the, the ending we have is like, once again, Paul is the only good character. <laughs> But I kind of like that, though. Honestly, like, I feel like it's well, watch true. the YouTube, watch the YouTube version. You'll really like it. Oh, yeah, I bet. I bet. I bet. But yeah, I mean, I, I like the movie. It's it seriously. Um, I don't know really what led me to watch this movie in the first place a while back. Like, like I said, almost a decade ago. Um, probably was just offered up in, in one of my film courses or suggested to me. But I remember liking it then. I remember thinking it was really witty and funny and dark. Um, and I like it now. And now that I know it's Alexander Payne, I, I like it a little bit more. Would you like to know some of the uh, alternate people that could have been cast in this we, movie? We should have a, our, our own like little like section from every, every episode that has their own little like intro, like do-do-do-do-do alternate cast segment with David. It should be better than that. Um, so Tim Robbins uh, wanted to play the Matthew Broderick role. I see it. Um, yeah, I think that would have been good, actually. I like Matthew Broderick in this, but that would have been fine. Um, Paul was always going to be Chris Klein, apparently. So this is Chris Klein's first movie. And uh, Alexander Payne, in searching for a school in Nebraska to use for this, saw Chris Klein sort of discovered him and was like, Hey, try out for this role. And then he tried out a bunch of other people, but just went back to Chris Klein. That's so funny. Reese Witherspoon wanted to play Tammy. Okay. And then Melissa Joan Hart. Wanted to uh, be Tracy Flick. She tried out for the Tracy Flick part. And another thing is, uh, Thora Birch was originally Tammy and they filmed for three days and she had creative differences with Alexander Payne and she left. And then um, Jessica Campbell, who plays Tammy, took over the role. Um, but having said all that, I did like this movie. Um, it's, I don't like it as much as the other Alexander Payne movies we've talked about, but I like it a lot and I like all of the stuff that I've seen so far. Even downsizing. Um, downsizing was okay <laughs> but this was a good movie I'm glad you made me watch it and um, yeah it's another one I can mark off the list slowly but surely we're gonna be a completionist about certain directors one movie at a time I thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched I'm Milan. And this is David, and I finally watched Election. <laughs>